This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning. Ba- Good morning. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunst along with Cindy Jennings. We are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota on this beautiful fall, seeming like seemingly like winter morning in upper northern Minnesota. And uh, we've had a good show so far, and we are into our last segment, but we always save the best for last, especially Aww. today. And that's, that's because we have Priscilla Smith-McCaffrey on the phone. Priscilla, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, happy St. Nick's Day, Father and Cindy. Uh, oh, thanks. Uh, about myself, I'm uh, one of nine girls, which was always very distinguishing. Wow. Um, what, no, what number were you? I was the fourth, and but my mom and dad were John and Mary Smith. Wow. And I always like to say they did not live on Main Street. There was nothing that <laughs> ordinary about my family except the, uh, the names. Um, I went to Thomas Aquinas College in the, in the olden days before anybody had heard about it. Where was that and, at? Oh, Thomas Aquinas College in uh, California. Uh. And now they have an East Coast uh, program at Northfield in Massachusetts. It's a great books program. Um, it's, it's a really fine Catholic college uh, that has turned out a lot of religious, too. Okay. Um, the, um, I uh, went to uh, St. John's University to study sacred doctrine. I taught for a few years. Was that, the Saint, was, that, was that the St. John's in Minnesota? No. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, St. John's in New York. Gotcha. Um, where, where are you uh, calling from, by the way, Priscilla? I'm, where are we, I'm where are we calling talking from? from? I'm calling from Connecticut. Huh. So oh, that's okay. where I am now, originally from the Midwest, St. Louis. And uh, so now, uh, well, uh, okay, so we, I got married, had four kids, uh, and uh, here I am. So and nine, six nine kids. So there's nine sisters or nine of you total? Nine girls, one boy. One boy. Boy, I feel sorry for that guy. Yeah, I know. The men always say that. Oh, um, it's so true. I, I, bet I turned out I, great. I felt bad for myself, sisters. and I had four sisters. I can't imagine having <laughs> nine of them. Well, he, he ended up in the Marines, and, uh, you know, there was just too much hairspray at home. So <laughs> I think he decided yeah. <laughs> he, he, needed, he needed something better, like the Marines. Okay, yeah. so off he went. Yeah. So, so we're we're talking to you. We're interviewing you because of a uh, a book that you uh, did. You recently write this, or is it been I around for a while? It was published last year by Sophia Press. Yeah. Oh, Sophia. Oh, Sophia Press. It's got to be a good mm-hmm. book then. Uh, so, what's what's the book called? It's called Christmas Blossoms, and it's a very unusual book, and. Uh, you know, fair warning to your uh, to your listeners. It's <laughs> it's not exactly a, a normal Christmas theme. It is it has the normal Christmas theme of hope, but I have it set in communist China, and it's uh, about a little old man in his final years of life, and he has been a craftsman all his life, painting Christmas ornaments. Um, and the reason I came up with this idea was because I was always intrigued that so much of our religious stuff, reg, uh, religious and secular, comes from communist China. And when you think of all the disparate things we have 
with the holiday, like Rudolph and Baby Jesus and stars and kings and shepherds, I always wondered, what do they think of our Christmas? How can they put that together to make sense out of this most important of Western holidays? So that's... um, so I set up this little story to kind of address that question. And um, one, uh, it, it is, since it is communist China, there is uh, a history that people should understand. And I give just a little bit of it, but that makes it a book um, more for children to read with their parents, I think. Mm-hmm. Because there are some other concepts in there which are, are, are rather sad and uh, for instance, the one-child policy and then the two-child policy, mm-hmm. um, and the suppression of the of the religion of religion mm-hmm. in China. So, uh, how's this? I mean, it's been out for a year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From what you're from what you're hearing, and I know it's probably hard to do it since you're the author, you're the creator of this book. But from what you're hearing, what are you? How is this being received from people that have have read it? Well, I always get good reviews. You right. know, what, what, what's someone going to say to me? <laughs> Priscilla, you're uh, not a priest, I can tell, because I don't always get good reviews with my homilies. And so people must not be, a, people are not afraid to tell priests that. They must be afraid to tell authors that, though. Uh, well, you know, friends, but um, that I, and, and I've, I haven't received as many um, unsolicited reviews, but a few that I have received. Uh, were very touching to me. One was from a, a mother who has an adopted Chinese son, and she said it has become his favorite book wow. uh, because he, he, he has only read terrible things about his country. And uh, so this was something that made him think differently about his people. And I do, and that's, that's, something, of course, that I would love to achieve. I, I want to, us all to think more about China. You know, it's one out of every five people on the planet is Chinese. Um, this, is, <laughs> this is a remark. This is a nation that needs to be evangelized, and we need to think about them, and we need to pray for them. Um, you, and especially this week, it's, you know, what's going on over there is, is terrifying. Do you have a... Um, a I mean, did did you have a particular interest in uh, China before you wrote the book? Has it, or is it is it after you wrote the book? I mean, you no, seem pretty passionate actually, about the the Chinese thing, and which is worthy well, of being passionate of. I'm just wondering where that came from. Yeah, it's um, it's. I guess I grew up with um, as a kid. We got Marinol magazine, and so that and I was raised in a parochial school system, and. My parents were, uh, you know, we, we always talked about the missionaries. So I'm afraid we think less and less of missionaries today. Uh, but so that's always been in my heart that we have to think about these people, um, you know, so so distant from us and culturally so different, what, what we think is so different. No, I don't have any, uh, in a sense, practical experience with Chinese or with China. Um, it's just, so, you know, I've, I've, um, I have a prayer uh, that Cardinal Kung wrote for priests, and I've been saying that for uh, decades. And um, Cardinal Kung was one of the uh, bishops arrested in the purge of 19, in the 1950s, I think it was 1955, 
He was in prison for 33 years. He was released, came to um, Connecticut, actually, to be to live with his nephew. So he has a, a beautiful prayer that I've been praying for years. I knew a missionary priest who was Jesuit, and uh, I knew him in the night in the eighties. So I I haven't had a lot of contact with uh, um, the missionary work, but it's always something I've thought about. What what's the what was the ins- I mean, what was the story behind the story? What's the inspiration that got you to write this story? The, um, well, one one little thing, I gave a, a Christmas ornament to my daughter several years ago, and I liked it. She liked horses, so it was painted with horses. But then when I received it, I realized, oh, it's painted on the inside uh, with uh, horses. And I thought someone very clever was able to dip a brush into that, into the glass ornament, and paint this lovely uh, thing. And I've often thought, who, who does it? Who, who will sit down and probably for so little pay use their skill and uh, craftsmanship to do something very beautiful? So I began to think of all the Chinese artisans over there who, who are meant making beautiful things. Of course, you know, we always talk about a lot of junk coming from there. Well, you know, that's beside the point. There are also some beautiful things. And I just think, um, I, I just wanted to think about someone like that. How do they get their inspiration? And how would it be, um, I do have a couple of Christmas ornaments that are painted on the inside also, but um, with Christmas things. And uh, that's a little uh, more primitive than my art does, but um, anyway, I, that's how I developed the the character. And so I had lots of ideas to put into the book um, around around him. But and, and I wanted the... to write, uh, you know, Go to ahead. convey a sense of hope too, and what what fate what the face will do for a for an individual soul. And what is the historical setting of the story? The um, it is, I, I would say, it's pretty much modern, you know, current times. I wrote it first about 2015, and so when I was uh, reviewing things across the internet and different sites, um, I I I could see where it was workable that he would be able to go to midnight mass over there without. And worrying about the wind, you know, the wind, <laughs> the changing winds of tolerance. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know what he'd be able to do this year. So the, he, my character was born in 1940. Uh, so he had nine years of understanding Christmas before the revolution changed everything and the persecution in the 50s and the Communist Party throughout um, most of priests um, at that time. So... Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very full, you know, his, his story has a lot uh, behind it. And I would like people to understand what China's been going through. Sounds like a really good book. Have you done previous writings? Like, do you, I mean, I know this is the first Christmas book, is that right? So have you done other it's work? A, I, uh, not uh, published except in a few magazines, and they're not fictional I'll do some essays. My husband and I have always uh, 
been behind the effort to promote the old mass. So he has, he started the Latin mass magazine now. He has the traditionalist. So I'll write in that. Okay. We are uh, talking to Priscilla Smith-McCaffrey about her recent publication, Christmas Blossoms. We'll continue this conversation after this very brief break. Please stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. The, the very day that uh, I was appointed as bishop, uh, I came over to the studio and, and uh, had an interview with you. And, and so that was my first introduction to the Real Presence. It's been, it's been part of my life as a bishop from the very beginning. And I felt, you know, from that very, very first time that uh, we talked uh, on the air, I, I felt like I already was being introduced to the faithful of our diocese and to this whole area, which which is a great thing because, you know, one of the, the challenges for a new bishop, an old bishop, any bishop, is to um, have contact with his people and to be a part of their lives in some way. And Real Presence Radio from the first day has helped me to do that. I really feel like I have a way to to reach the lives of our Catholic faithful and others as well who just happen to be listening. And and that's a real blessing because in a diocese as large as ours, area-wise, it's, it's hard to get around to every place. And um, I traveled all the parishes as much as I can, and, and yet this is a way that I can reach people that otherwise perhaps I wouldn't be able to visit with. And they get a chance to hear what's on my mind and, and uh, through different events that I've participated in on the air, I've heard some of their questions too, which has been a lot of fun. So it's, it really is a blessing to me. I, I feel very fortunate that this, this network is so alive and so vibrant in, in our diocese and really in this whole Northern Plains area. It's wonderful. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thank you for listening. We've been talking to Priscilla Smith-McCaffrey about her uh, recent publication, Christmas Blossoms, and talking about the subject of the book, the historical settings, the inspiration behind the story. One question I have uh, for you, Priscilla, earlier on in the discussion you said it's not really the typical christmas story that you might think but still even if even when we look at a story like the one that you write about or any maybe secular understanding of christmas how do how do stories like yours the book that you wrote how can that lead people to christ well the the care it is about a, a man who does lead people to christ and he he doesn't know that. He's just a humble worker, and he witnesses to his faith in the simplest way that he can. He's, he's a craftsman, and he explains to his fellow craftsmen what the meaning of Advent and Christmas is. 
Um, and sometimes he's very brave about explaining the story of Christ, and sometimes he has to, you know, they have to be careful over there what they say. And um, so his, his fellow workers are also skilled, and then they begin to do their ornaments. And I think that for them it has to be some contemplation a little bit on the great story of uh, the West. The story that is at the heart of the West is the narrative of, of Christ's infancy. And I think that's, you know, that is the story that separates us dramatically from all other cultures. Because in this story, you have, uh, you have many things, but one of the things you have is the epiphany. And that is where you have the kings and the wise men bowing down before a child in a, um, in a manger. I mean, usually we, that's how we depict it. We we're not quite sure he was still in the stable when the wise men came. Um, probably wasn't. But, um, but the idea of sovereignty um, had not bowing down to something beyond them. And that is something divine, and it can be uh, something very pure and innocent and humble. So that's the story. That's the, 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 the central myth, as it were, of the West. It happens to be what we, we believe is a true myth, but it's still the story from which much of our understanding of, of life comes. Um, so... All right, so he's a humble artisan. He talks to uh, his co-workers about what he does. He carries around in his pocket a little replica of baby Jesus, and that's to connect him to his family um, and to Christmas. Whenever he thinks of Christmas, he thinks of his family. When he thinks of his family, he thinks of Christmas. And he has such a a simple way of living, and um, he has, at the end of the story, he has, so touched the life of one man in particular that this man wants to share in the same hope and joy that my character has. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, there are a lot of elements in the story um, that I think are important to mention. And I, I had a friend who said, wow, I, you know, I, I thought I understood my faith, but then um, I read this and I realized I, I have to rethink a, a, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And it really is to just focus on certain elements of our faith and of the celebration of Christmas and of the importance of the nativity in our lives. Yeah, really, really quickly, Priscilla, what's your favorite color? I never, it, it changes. I feel like a liar. If I told you red, then later on I'd say, why didn't I say blue? Well, I did say um, really so. quickly. <laughs> no, okay, so that was the that was the Are question I was that, no, that was the question I was going to throw you. I told you I was going to throw oh. you a side question. So, so actually, my real question is now. You said it's like it's like in the modern era that the the story is set. You get yeah. into the messiness of the state church versus the underground church, just, which is in China. Just a, just a little bit. I'm, um, you know, I thread that needle pretty carefully because it's confusing if you uh, as I looked at this, what the information there was. In some places, you, you'll have mass and the bulletins and 
confession, then it's, you know, you can do that. In other places, somebody shut something down. Um, a few years ago, it was uh, more liberal than it is right now. So, uh, if, if, of course, you want to go to the uh, Chinese Catholic Patriotic Association churches, then it's, it's not a problem. And, uh, but my, my character tries to stay with the rights that his, 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 he knew as a child and his family knew. So there's, a, um, there's this continuity in his life and he knows he is praying with them. So, so how does, how does one go about getting a copy of your book? Where, where would you direct people to? Uh, it's very easy. Go to Sophia Institute Press uh, or Sophia Press, it, you know, whatever. If you Google that, you'll get to their website. And then it's easiest to order from them. You can order from Amazon, but we all want to support our Catholic mm-hmm. publisher. So let's go to uh, Sophia first. And, and, and yeah, they'll just get out, Christmas blossoms to you. And just out of curiosity, from my standpoint, how does I, I, I'm not looking to do this, but I'm just curious, how does one go about getting a book published with Sophia Press? Because I mean, Sophia is kind of a big deal in the Catholic world. How did, oh, that, how um, did you get that? Well, you, you know book? what? It, it helped to have something so different, right? <laughs> because we've all we've heard a lot of the same themes with Christmas stories, and you know, somebody gets visited by spirits and ghosts, and they change their life. And that, I love that trope. It's wonderful. But it's been around. And nobody does it better than Charles Dickens. <laughs> now that um, you've written this book, are you looking to uh, maybe write another one? I mean, it's been a year. Are you kind of getting yeah, that itch I, to I, write another one? Well, I already have, because I I love themes of Christmas, and I've got... I do have another one. Oh, good. Uh, I... And looking for a publisher, so. Okay. And nice. also, a uh, shout-out to my artist, Gwyneth Thompson-Briggs. I thought she did such a beautiful job um, with the book. And she, I told her that I had a book that I thought was could be difficult to pitch, and could she do a picture for me? And the, the first picture that she sent me, I, I loved. It was a simple um, illustration of my artist at work and to me he looks at peace and meditative which is what which was perfect that's pretty it's a pretty cover on, bo- on the book mm-hmm. what uh, just one one uh last thing i mean what would what would your your last we have 45 seconds what would be your last thing to maybe pitch your book and encourage people to, to check it out what would be your last words priscilla um it is it's a there's a lot of, there's a lot of meat there I, I think it's a, it's a story. I think it's a lovely story. I, I think there's a lot to talk about with your children. I think you, I think it's a moving story. People have said that to me too. I, I wanted to tell you also that there was a, a Japanese woman who wrote to me, you know, I don't know her at all, but she wrote and she was, she loved the story. She loved the book. She said it reminded her of her own experience as an Asian who was Catholic, yeah. and um, you know we forget we forget about them, and so I hope other people will pick it up. Thank you very much. Thank We're you. talking to Priscilla Smith McCaffrey, yeah, and and her book is Christmas Blossoms. You can check that out on sophiainstitute.com. Thank you very much, Sophia, and Happy Advent.
Thank I mean, it's you, not Father. Sophia, thank Priscilla. You. Sorry. No, that's okay. I'll go by. I'll go for <laughs> okay. Wisdom. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But thank you very much, and you have a good advent. All right. You too. Bye bye. Bye now. Bye. All right, well, that's almost a wrap, uh, Cindy. I can't believe I called our guest by the publishing house that she was working that's with. Okay. So, Rachel, tell us about the next show that is on for Real Presence Radio, Real on Presence the Live. Next, on the next Real Presence Live, Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Heather Caro and Dr. Chris Bergwald are your hosts coming to you live from the Pastoral Center in Sioux Falls. They'll be speaking with Sister Mary Joseph about the charism and vocation events of the Handmaids of the Heart of Jesus. And Heather King will be sharing about her faith journey. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back that to you. Like a good one. Okay, now Rachel, you have to you have to give us your um, uh, your honest opinion. Are, do we have anything worthy of the best of on this on the site on the show? Did we have anything? Worthy? You know, there might be a couple things that were worthy. Also, I don't really. I know. I just want to be on the air for the records for the people that are listening that actually make that for decision. The record, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so think just... it was a great show today, and you could be in the running. <laughs> so, okay. So, Ray, would you say that our show is probably better than what tomorrow's show is going to be? I mean, if you were just like throwing it out there as a guess. Um, no. <laughs> well, well, now, okay. So, but but we can never determine what's in the future. But now, looking back in the past, between Monday and Tuesday, would you say that the Tuesday oh, show that we just had today is probably better quality than what Monday's was? You know what? I don't think just it was better quality. Question. No, no. I well, think they're probably equal. Oh. I really liked yesterday's show. So, oh, so you're one of those people that would give a trophy to everybody? Mm, no, I'm really not. But. It depends. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to put you on the spot. You've Rachel. talked about it so much. Are. Now we won't because you've over talked about it. Just, it seems like you're trying too hard almost. <laughs> well, I am. I've only got a couple of minutes pool. left. We had to play. Yeah, oh, we yeah. only have 45 <laughs> seconds left. Oh, 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 geez. Okay. So, all right. 45 take seconds. Take us out in prayer. All right. Well, let's pray then. <laughs> thanks, Rachel, for everything. All right. In the name of the Father and Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this opportunity to bring Christ to our listeners. We pray that people that were listening truly were inspired to seek out Christ as the real reason for this season that we are currently in. And again, we uh, ask blessings upon everybody in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Cindy, it was great doing another show with you. Yay, we're back. Can't wait. Can't wait until January. January to, oh, 10th. You're not gonna, oh, January, January 10th. 10th. Yes, we're going to yes. be a little bit different. We're normally the first Tuesday, but next one, we're going to be the second Tuesday. Yes. So thank so you, we'll everybody, you for listening. And thank you for the two people that called in on the Straight Talk. God bless you all. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.